Paul said to run the race with perseverance. When we think about a race, we go back to our high school days, got to run a 50-yard dash, trip around the block, half marathon, marathon. How about an ultra-marathon? One that's 545 miles. Seven days. 1983 in Australia, there was an ultra-marathon. And there are others around the world. You had the 20 and 30-year-olds who had trained, and some had corporate sponsors. They're all lined up, ready to participate in this ultra-marathon. And up comes the 61-year-old farmer and his work clothes, his work boots. Everybody thinks he's there to be one of the spectators of this marathon. But no, he's, he wants to run this marathon. So they finally decide to let him run. And they start the race. In a short period of time, the 20 and 30-year-olds they're long out of his sight. They've left him in the dust. People are starting to tell the race promoters to ask the 61-year-old to bow out so that you don't get hurt or you're not embarrassed. He says, no, I want to run this race. A reporter asked him, why do you want to do this? What makes you think you can do this? He says, we have 2,000 acres with 2,000 sheep. We don't have any fancy equipment. So when a storm would come, I'd have to go round up my sheep. Sometime it would take two or three days. He says, I can do this. So they let him continue. And while the others are not in sight, on the second day, when the others are woke, 61-year-old farmer. He's there. He's caught up to them. And this continues on. The man's name is Cliff Young. Not only did he finish that race, he broke the record for that race. He finished it almost two days earlier than most people. He did it in five days. 15 hours and 4 minutes. Now, I can't begin to get 545 miles in 15, in 5 days and 15 hours. Can't do it. The next runner behind him was 9 hours behind him. Cliff never slept. He ran this race straight through. Typically, the runners would run for 18 hours sleep for six this would be a case of the tortoise and the hare he never gave up he never slowed down they, they refer to it now as the young shuffle he had the perseverance and the drive to continue when they told him at the end you won a $10,000 prize <laughs> I, I didn't do this for any prize man. I didn't know there was any and he insisted that they divide that $10,000 up 
among all the others that finished with him. It's about perseverance. We can go to David and Goliath. Goliath had perseverance, didn't he? He was tormenting the Israelites. You've got the Israelites on one side and the Philistines on the other. For 40 days, morning and night, he would call out, send somebody to fight me. If I kill him, you will be our subjects. If he can kill me, we will be your subjects. The Israelites were petrified. And David showed up. He was bringing supplies in from his dad to the, to the troops. And he happened to hear Goliath spouting this. Come and fight me. And so he started asking what was going on. And they told him that the king will give great wealth to the man who will kill Goliath. And his brother, hearing the conversation, became incensed with anger. Who's tending the sheep? Why are you here? His brother was operating out of fear. David says, I can do this. Was he operating out of self-empowerment or self-determination? No. He was operating out of his power from God. I have defeated lions and bears when they packed my sheep. The Lord is with me. The Lord will be with me now. Even though they tried to put armor on him, he weighted him down and he couldn't walk. He says, no, I will do this my way with the Lord's power. As he grabbed five smooth stones from the brook, and he goes towards Goliath, and Goliath says, what, am I but a dog that you will send a boy to fight me and David says I come in the name of the Lord you have defied the God of the Israel army I will kill you in the name of the Lord he will be my strength So he lets go with the. He puts the rock in the sling and he lets it go, and the giant falls to the ground. He goes and takes Goliath's sword. He didn't have his own, and he cut his head off. The other Philistines became frightened. So the question goes if God's with him, why did he grab five stones? If God's with me, can't I do it with one? Yes, he can, and he did. The other stones were for the other giants that were there. And like the Israelites, we face our own giants. 
We face a giant in our relationships. Unforgiveness and envy. Spiritual giants. Those who seek to kill, steal, and destroy. We have physical giants. Not only just our body, but also the physical universe around us. Our wants. Sometimes they're overpowering. Our emotions. Fear, anxiety, depression, jealousy, pride, shame, and guilt. Financial giants. Are we operating out of our lack? Or do we have great wealth and we're afraid somebody's going to steal it from us? Do we have greed? For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. But we have stones for our giants. We have the everlasting living word of God. We have the measure of faith that has been given to us. We have prayer. We have praise. And we should give praise in all circumstances. Whether things are going the way we want them to be. Or we're just along for the ride. And we have the authority. Jesus Christ died and gave us authority. We need to take advantage of that authority that he's given us. Frequently it's said that God helps those who help themselves. That's not really accurate. God will help those who step up to do things for his purpose. And without him, we can do nothing. But through him, all things are possible. Had David compared himself to the giants, fear would have overtaken him. And courage would have departed. But he says it in Psalm 16:8. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's great advice. We should take it to heart. God told Moses to explore the land of Canaan that he was going to give to the Israelites. So Moses gathered together one from each tribe and sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan to see the instructions were. Is it a land of flowing of milk and honey? Or is it fertile? Are their cities fortified? What are the people like? They toured Cana for 40 days. And they came back with clusters of grapes. And said, yes, it is a land of milk and honey. Very fertile land. And then you had some of the spies saying, but they have very fortified cities. They are huge. We are like but grasshoppers in our eyes to them. And those spies started grumbling against Moses and Aaron and putting dissension among the other Israelites. If we had just died in Egypt or in this wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb 
said that if the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and He will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. The glory of the Lord appeared at the tent meeting to all the Israelites. And now I want to read to you from Numbers chapter 14. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me, in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power you brought these people up from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land about it. They have already heard that you, Lord, are with these people, and that you, Lord, have been seen face to face, that your clouds stay over them, and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, The Lord was not able to bring these people into the land that he promised them on his oath, so he slaughtered them in the wilderness. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed, just as you had declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving, sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sins of the parent to the third and fourth generation. In accordance with your great love, forgive the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nonetheless, as surely as I live, as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt, in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I have heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in a census and who has uplifted, who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb and Joshua. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fail in this wilderness. 
your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness, until the last of your bodies lie in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land. You will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will surely do these things. The whole wicked community which has banded together against me, they will meet their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. So the men Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it, these men who were responsible for spreading that bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua and Caleb survived. When Moses reported this to the Israelites, they mourned bitterly. Early the next morning, they set out for the highest point on the high hill, saying, Now we are ready to go up to the land the Lord has promised. Surely we have sinned. But Moses said to them, Why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up, because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies, for the Amalekites and the Canaanites will face you there. Because you have turned away from the Lord, he will not be with you, and you will fall by the sword. Nevertheless, in their presumption they went up toward the highest point in the hill country, though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moved from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and attacked them and beat them down all the way to Hormoth. It's amazing all of the miracles they watched as they left Egypt. They watched the Red Sea part had manna come down from heaven, saw water come from a rock. They heard God's voice. They were guided by a cloud during the day and fire by night. But yet they didn't believe God enough that he was with them to go into Canaan. They wandered for 40 years. And in their arrogance, we have sinned, so now we will go take the, the land against God's command. Self-determination. Are we as an American country not very similar to the Israelites? We have watched what he has done. We're in the land of milk and honey. He's cast countless blessings upon this nation. Yet we continue to turn our backs the Lord. We have those from the dark side who continue to repeat lies and they will repeat them and repeat them and repeat them until it's accepted as a truth. But there's only one truth and that's God. God is truth. And it's our job to make sure that people know what the truth really is. Christianity is under assault worldwide, and this nation is no exception.
darkness will prevail where the light refuses to shine. We need to shine the light, and we need to shine it brightly. We need to not be fearful, and we need to not be self-determined. We need to follow Jesus. He is the answer. As we're ready for a song of invitation, I would like anybody who has a decision to make to come forward now. We need to listen to God's direction. He's talking to us all the time. Sometimes we become tone deaf and don't listen, but that hasn't stopped him from talking to us.
forgiveness. And may you, you direct our hearts into your love and Christ's perseverance. May we persevere and run the race that you set out before us. You've created each one of us for a special purpose. And may our light not be hidden, but shine out upon the world. To you we give thanks and the ultimate glory. One last song to send you off for the week and to start your new year. Oh, even the announcements, Gary. Have a Saturday night. <laughs>